Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and gender identity meet with host Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. Transition of Style is produced by Fashion Consort with music provided by Sarah FM. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. What's going on? In this episode, we talk to beauty influencer Nicole Robinson. Before we dive into this week's episode, we want to thank you, the listener, for supporting Transition of Style. Without your support, we wouldn't exist. So please tell your family and friends to listen in and subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. And while there, please leave us a review as it helps us to reach more listeners. If you want to donate, please visit our show page at transitionofstyle.com and look for the donate button. If you're a queer business looking to sponsor or advertise on this podcast, please do so on our contact page as we'd love to include you. And now, this week's episode. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? Phil, a.k.a. Corinne here. Nicole, what's going on? Hi. How are um, you? What's going on? Good. How are you doing? Um, <laughs> uh-oh. Listen to I'm the laugh. I'm just trying to deal with this quarantine. It's so much. It's, it's so much for everybody. We're like, can it end, please? It is Literally. no joke. I know. Back it is no joke. Please. <laughs> You're like, please, can we have a break? Listen, before we go any further, I have to go into pronouns. What are your pronouns? Uh, she, her. Exclusively. Love it. Oh, I love it. She, her, noted, mm-hmm. and I will remember that. Awesome. Nicole. I'm going to go with Nicole. I keep calling you Nick, but Nicole. Tell me I a little bit about You like either? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I love how how open you're being. You're just like, whatever you like. Whatever you like. <laughs> I will, you know what? I might go into Nick sometimes. I might go into Nicole sometimes, but I will not mess up these pronouns. She, her, we're doing that, okay? We're going to do that. Period. Beautiful. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> don't go any further. <laughs> do not bring some day up in here. Keep it with she, her. I love it. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. You are the boss. Whatever you say goes, okay? We're going to do you, okay? All right. So tell me, Nicole, tell me about you and what you do. Well, I've taken to Twitter a lot with my beauty influencing. At first, I started out with Instagram and Twitter, but Instagram as a platform, it's kind of going downhill. So Mm -hmm. I've taken to being more active on Twitter. It's way easier to build a following there and post content there. Being an influencer just, you know, I feel like I haven't been as active with posting content Mm -hmm. um, as I used to be, but I'm getting back into it. I'm getting back into the groove. I'm not just posting like makeup content solely anymore. I'm starting to do like fashion, I guess. I've been Mm. posting like outfit pics. And I'm trying to go into that direction. Okay, Um, but before you tell me about that, because I want to hear about that too, but tell me what does it mean to be a beauty influencer? How did you get that started? Go into a little bit of history on that. Well, in high school, I think that's when I like started to like get into it. In high school, I used to watch all these YouTube videos of beauty influencers and makeup tutorials. And that's when I like started to like really get into makeup. I really wanted to show my own creativity with that industry. So I thought, hey, I can do this too. So I started like 
practicing makeup and posting my looks on Instagram. And I started growing like kind of slow in the beginning, but now I'm like nano range. Yeah. But I'm still doing well, I think, all things considered Mm -hmm. with that. And when you saw other beauty influencers on Instagram and also in Twitter, what made you say, you know what, I can do that too. And what drew you to it? Well, what drew me to it is the fact that I didn't really see anybody like myself. And I really wanted to be like an influencer, somebody that can try products out and help people out to see whether or not like things would work for them. But yeah, it it mostly came out of me wanting to be, I guess, the representation that mm-hmm. I wanted to see mm-hmm. before. Yeah, because you said that you didn't see other people that look like you. And so tell me, what were some of the influencers you were seeing? What did they look like? Were they not queer? Were they not a person of color? Like, tell me, what did they look like? I think that the beauty industry, the beauty community, what have you, I think that it's very, very cisgender. Mm-hmm. Like, very cisgender And, you know, there are a lot of queer content creators on the scene. And, of course, there are Black creators, too. But it's kind of hard to, like, find, I guess, Black, queer, and trans, Mm -hmm. et cetera, content creators as it is right now. Black creators, they've always been here, and we, we need our recognition. We're trying to get our recognition right now. But we aren't getting all of our flowers. We aren't getting all the flowers that we deserve right now, I feel. But as things stand right now, I'm one of the only influencers that is Black, gay, and trans at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's so hard to believe at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That there's still so little representation in that. I'm I'm just finding that so hard to believe Mm -hmm. that we're still dealing with that. They're still out there. It's just hard to find them. It's really 2020 and we're about to go into 2021 and it's just like, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. that there aren't people like me that look like me that are similar to me that don't get seen or don't get the recognition that they deserve. Yeah. I actually spoke to someone recently, a queer woman that I know that works in the beauty industry. And we talked a little bit about what the word beauty means and how Mm -hmm. it seems so geared to one sort of person. And let me ask you, as someone who is a beauty influencer, what do you think about the word beauty? And do you think that with the work that you do as an influencer, you're able to take that word and and morph it into more than it has been? I think about that every day like beauty. What is it? What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to others? How should I go about redefining what it means? And to me, I think that beauty, it manifests itself in many different ways. And it's not just Eurocentric. It's not just cisgender or heterosexual. It's not just able-bodied. 
It's not just skinny or muscular bodies. It's not just that. It's not just like light skin or et cetera. It's so much more than that. I think that the most marginalized people are beautiful. I truly believe that with my entire being. I want to help people see that. And I think that with what I'm doing right now, I think that's a really, really formidable task yeah. to face against. But I'm not just on my own that. I know so many people that, you know, exist and live their best lives and, or try to live their best lives, that is. And they're beautiful in their own right, just by being themselves. And that's what I want to show to people. That's what I want people to see. It is so beautiful. You know, based off of what you just said, if you had to, let's say you were launching a business, right? And you Mm -hmm. were launching a business as somebody who is in beauty. What, let's say that you were building a website and you're talking about what beauty means to you. I think you said a lot of it here, but tell me if you could say what beauty means to you. What would be your version Mm -hmm. of beauty in that website for that business? What would you say about your version of beauty so that people understand what beauty means to Nicole? It's kind of hard to define, but beauty to me is being yourself. Beauty to me is being your most unapologetic self, your most true self. It's not something that anybody can take it away. Beauty is something that you hold yourself. It's something that it's close to you. You keep it with you. Would you almost say it's something you embody? You know, you embody it so that basically it can't be taken from you. If it's such a part Mm -hmm. of who you are, it can't be removed from you. You know, no one can actually take it from you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. That is great. I hope, based off your definition of beauty, that you will continue doing what you do and maybe even make this into something that is a safe place for other people who don't see themselves in the beauty industry and don't see any representation of themselves. Mm -hmm. What I love when I looked at your Twitter is I love your beard and I love that makeup application I saw. I was like, look at this makeup (laughs) application. What? I mean, when I was a girl... (laughs) I couldn't wear makeup like this. <laughs> so I just want you to know you put me to shame there, okay? <laughs> I'm really impressed. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, tell me, growing up as somebody who is trans, who's queer, person of color, tell me a little about your family history. What did your family think about you coming out as trans? What do they think about what you do as a beauty influencer? Has that been a smooth road? What has that been like for you? Actually, I haven't come out to my family as trans yet. I'm out as queer to them. Mm-hmm. 
But, well, gay to be more specific, I guess. They still think that I'm a cisgender gay man. But with the whole beauty influencer gig, they don't really know about that either. My mom knows that I do makeup. She knows about that, but I don't think she like fully like grasps the extent of what I'm doing. And I haven't told her about it, I guess. I've tried to explain it, I guess, to my family, but I don't think they fully understand it. Are you concerned about how they're going to, like, I understand that you've explained it to them to to really sit them down and make them understand. Is that fear about how they're going to react or is it just that they just don't get it? What do you think is happening? Yeah, I have fear to how they'll react, I guess. I think that it won't go well because I've come out to them as gay and they haven't reacted the best to that. but with coming out to them as trans and explaining to them that I'm a beauty influencer, I don't know if I'll communicate that with them anytime soon. Because, you know, out of the fear of how they'll react, because they've given me, like, reason to think that they won't react well, because with that, ugh. (laughs) But, yeah. It's just, I don't think I'll, I mean, I'm going to tell them eventually, but I don't know about the trans part, but the beauty influencer part, I will, I think. Right. And, and you know, I can totally respect, you know, coming out to your family, explaining to your family about your identity. That is a very personal thing. It's a thing that you have mm-hmm. to decide when it's right for you. And if this is not the time, then this is not the time. That's fine. But like, it has to be about mm-hmm when it's right for you. Because I know there's a lot of people who would be like, no, you should. everyone should come out. Yes, I'd love it if we could all come out. But we all have to be safe. We all have to make sure that we're feeling okay about doing that and that making that move is not going to disrupt our lives in such a way that where we live and how we eat, all of this doesn't get completely disruptive. I get where you're coming from and I get that you need to make sure this is something that happens at a time that feels safe to you. So please, safety has to be the first line of reasoning in terms of what you want to do. So I completely understand that. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I also come from a family that when I came out, my sibling was wonderful. My mom was not excited about it, but I was at a place in my life where I came out pretty late by most standards where I didn't have to worry so much because I wasn't really relying on my mom for anything. So I was really like, this is what's up (laughs) and you can get with it or not. But not everyone is in that situation. We talk about in this podcast, authenticity. We want authenticity on all the levels, but Mm -hmm. it is so much easier said sometimes than done. And we're all striving for that, but it has to be done sometimes in stages. So let me say I completely respect where you're at and you need to do what's good for you. Yeah, yeah. And I really do appreciate that. Of course. So let's talk about your identity right now as someone who is trans femme. What does it mean to you to be trans femme? And when did you realize you were trans femme? Hmm. Like I found out, like I was a Tumblr kid and I had more access to, I guess, more terms and more community. So I found out that I wasn't cisgender as a teenager, like around 15. 
and you know, I went back and forth with my gender. I was like, maybe I'm agender, maybe I'm bigender, like a man and agender. Maybe I'm bigender, like agender and a woman. And that's where I was like, hmm, maybe I'm transfeminine. Like I like this term. Let me look more into it. Mm-hmm. And you know, as time started to pass, I began to like it more and more. So that's who I am right now. Being trans feminine and what that means to me. Being trans feminine, it's not conforming to the gender binary. Like more specifically, my gender is a non-binary trans woman. And that confuses people because they're like, oh, well, being a trans woman is binary, but there's not just one way to be a woman. Mm -hmm. So with being a non-binary trans woman, that term like resonated with me because I guess you could say I'm not a colonial traditional woman and I will never be that. I will never like aspire to that. I'm a woman in my own way and I'm defining that for myself. Yeah, I think that being a woman doesn't have to necessarily be just this binary construct. Mm-hmm. It can be, it's personal, you know, it's something that you can define for yourself. That's what I've done. That's what I've been doing. And I can say that I'm proud of myself from where I started to where I am now, my whole journey. I've been proud of myself and I still am. I think that you should be proud of yourself. That's amazing that you figured that out and that you found a term that feels right to you. When you talk about being non-binary, we see a lot of people who present as non-binary always leaning more towards the masculine side of things. Do you know what I mean? I feel like non-binary in the queer community, you see a lot of it leaning towards masculinity. But I think that we really do need to remember that being non-binary, there is always the the chance that someone also could skew more feminine. I mean, all of this is, is all on a slider scale in, in so many ways, right? In terms of like, you know, yeah. identity and like sexuality, all of it's like varies on a slider scale. And I think that I'm happy to see, and I think more of this needs to happen, more room and more space being provided for people who are non-binary and leaning more femme. Yeah. Yeah, yes. or like more androgynous, I guess. Yeah. What people have like attributed to being non-binary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to remember we have wonderful non-binary folks in our queer community that are more femme-leaning, and I, I hear for all of that. All of it. Period. <laughs> Period. Yes. <laughs> um, what is the reaction you get from most people? As somebody who's a nano influencer and someone who's out there in, your, in the public, are you getting pretty much good feedback for your mm-hmm. trans femme identity? Or are you finding every once in a while you get some ridiculous troll who's saying this, that, or the other thing about how you're presenting? What has your experience been? Well, with other people's reactions... It's been mostly good feedback, yeah. But, you know, of course, there's been trolls and just negative people I've encountered. It's been a significant amount of people who have 
harassed me or left horrible messages in my DMs or my comments or my replies. And dealing with that, it has been anxiety inducing. It has been stressful. Some of it actually has taken a toll to my mental health, but I try to focus on the good. I try to focus on the positive because there is so much more positive that I'm getting rather than negative. So I do want to keep going. I do want to keep um, doing what I'm doing. And I just have to focus on the people that support me rather than the people that obviously don't support me and, you know, want to oppose me just for being myself. But yeah, it's not easy. It is an uphill battle. Yeah, no, I would definitely imagine it is. And what do you do for yourself? You know, I know that you said you focus on the positive, but what do you do for yourself when you are faced with that? Do you have ways to deal with it that help you cope, that help you feel safer? I hope that you feel the support from your community. You can lean on that to, you know, bolster you up and make you stronger in that. Because, yeah, you're right. You're going to have people who unfortunately feel the need to comment in these ridiculous and negative ways. But what do you do for yourself to keep mm-hmm. yourself sane? Because, And I'm sorry to hear that it's taking a toll on your mental health. I wish that was not happening for you. But I have to commend you for living so authentically and, and, and with such courageousness, even in the face of people who will be so negative. Yeah, I do have community. I turn to my friends. I turn to people in my community, but mostly my close friends because I do value more intimate spaces with the people that I care about. And I just value my privacy with some things, but you know, I do reach out to people that support me publicly, I suppose, but I really do just mostly turn to my friends and they've been my support system throughout my whole journey with this. Mm-hmm. And they've really shown up for me. Yeah, it's it's really nice to have people that will support you and show up for you like that in that capacity. And I would do the same for them. Yeah. And this is why community is so very important because we need that place, that safe home to kind of be able to land when we get disrupted in, in the way that you, you've just talked about. So I'm so happy mm-hmm. to hear that you have that friendship base and those people that you can turn to and they can also turn to you and you guys can you know help keep each other safe and keep each other remembering who you are because your friends understand who you are. Yeah. They know who you are at your core and they support that and they love that. So you need that unconditional love to combat some of what you're dealing with. And I'm so happy to hear that you have that. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't have them, then I honestly don't know where I would be right now. Like, I don't know if I would still be doing this at all. Yeah. Well, we owe them a, a debt of gratitude because I'm happy to see someone like you out here doing your thing. And I am so thrilled that your friends can help you continue to show up as you because we need you out there being beautiful, doing your thing, giving those beauty tips. People need to know what to do with makeup. I can't help them. You can. (laughs) So I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, okay, we're about to go to break, but I do have a question. Do you think that your style and way of dressing communicates your trans femme identity? Yeah, I think so. You do? Okay, great. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you more about that. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back after the break. This week, I want to give a shout out to an awesome non-binary and queer-owned clothing company called Playout Apparel. They are a gender-equal social good enterprise that donates 20% of their profits to LGBTQ plus and BLM organizations. Check out playoutapparel.com and find ethically made, super comfortable underwear and loungewear in a variety of sizes. On Instagram, you can follow them at playoutnyc. So before the break, Nicole said that she does believe her way of dressing does communicate her trans femme identity. Nicole, tell me more about that. How does that style and way of dressing communicate the trans femme identity that you assume? Hmm. Well, like I said before the break, there's not just one way to be a woman, and that goes for gender presentation too. Just this year, I've started getting more gender-affirming clothes, and I feel they do affirm me. I feel like they really, they show who I am. They show what I stand for. And I enjoy that a lot. I've been so much happier this year with my gender presentation because it's really come a long way. I used to not have any gender affirming clothes like that, but now I do. And I'm happy about that. I really am. It's been life-saving, honestly. What does it feel like when you're wearing that gender-affirming clothing? What does that feel like to you? I start to feel, I guess, beautiful. I feel like I'm really pretty and my self-esteem goes up. My self-confidence goes up. I just feel really pretty and gorgeous. And I start to see myself as who I actually am. You know, uh, on this podcast, we talk a lot about trying to get the inside and the outsides to match. And what you just talked about sounds like that's what happens when you're wearing gender affirming clothing. It's like who you feel like inside and now what you're dressing like outside have become one. Yeah, I love that. So it sounds like coming into your trans identity is not, you can tell me, do you think it's fairly new? Is it newer or have you been doing this for a while? The reason why I'm asking is because we always talk about how sometimes with your identity, it sometimes shifts over time. And it sounds like you've landed right now in an identity into something that you love and it feels so right to you. So you may not be shifting outside of that right now, or you may never, but like right now, it sounds like you are very happy where you are. Is that right? Yeah, I guess it can be like newer. I started going with Transfilm around... My latter years in high school, I guess like junior year and senior year. So that would be like late 2016, 2017. That's when I graduated. Yeah, by 2017, I was going with Transfem. That's like what I stuck with. And it's been like that ever since. So I guess like three years, I guess you can consider that newer. 
And do you feel like in those three years, you were still trying to understand what that meant for you? Sometimes with identity, it definitely is a process of like refinement. You know what I mean? You have this idea in your mind that, okay, I think I'm this thing. You start to play around with it. You start to play around with the way you dress or the way you do your hair. Mm-hmm. And you do these different things. And over time, you settle into a presentation that feels right. So over the three years, would you say you were trying to fine tune it or did you find it pretty early on? Yeah, it has been difficult, but it just felt like natural to me because I realized that I really never saw myself as a boy. I didn't experience that. Like I went through life as a girl, as a trans girl. That's my experience. So I think that it's been hard, but at the same time, because it felt so natural, just like that's who I am. Right. You know what I like about that? It's it's more like you just had to get out of your own way. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If it felt like it was natural to you, if you just let yourself do what felt natural, if you didn't try to stop that or gate it or or block it in any way, then you just fall into what's natural to you and that sounds like that's what it was for you. Yeah, it was. It really was. That's really good. I love it. What would you say to other people who might be struggling with their identity. It sounds like for you, it was more of a seamless process. Just like before when you were talking about, am I agender? Am I bigender? I'm not really sure. Like for the people who are at that stage in their development and trying to figure out that identity and they don't have a clear picture of it, what advice would you give them? Mm, Well, I want to say that first and foremost, they should be patient with themselves. They don't have to know everything right now. They can just give it time, explore, just see what feels most comfortable to you. And that doesn't have a time limit at all. It doesn't, there's literally, there's no rush. You don't have to figure it out when you're young. You can find it out if you're like older and even if you never figured it out you're still you and you're still legitimate in your experience and I want people to know that I want people to know that they should just be themselves you know don't be hard on yourself don't be hard on yourself because I've been through that A lot of people I know have been through that. It doesn't have a deadline. It doesn't. Was there a moment for you where you felt like you were being hard on yourself and you had to learn that being hard on yourself was not what you needed? Yeah. Yeah. With my gender, I felt like that. I've hit like dead ends or what I thought were dead ends. And, you know, I took some detours and some U-turns and some left and right turns and I arrived to where I am right now. And even with, like, I'm going through what I was talking about with my sexual orientation right now. I'm, like, questioning. But I realized that I have to keep telling myself that I don't have to rush. I can just explore what feels most comfortable to me. I don't have to do this for anybody but myself. And... That's what's been keeping me going. That's what 
I feel like is going to be the best thing for me. Do you want to share about what you're thinking about? What do you feel like is changing about your sexual orientation and what you're questioning about it? Yeah, it's funny because (laughs) I've gone through like all the sexual orientations I've gone through bisexual. <laughs> you just you just went down the list. You just went down the yeah. list. <laughs> and right now I'm at lesbian. That's where I am with it. I'm questioning whether or not I'm a lesbian. And it's really been one of the most difficult things for me this year. Um trying to unpack all of this like I guess trauma is a part of it, yeah. Trying to explore my attraction to women and people that aren't men because I've never really done that before, like recently. It's always just been men and I've gotten sick of it. <laughs> but with that, I think I think I should just take my time because I really have a lot to do. I have a lot of unpacking to do with like compulsory heterosexuality and the trauma and trying to express my attraction to um, women and people that aren't men. Mm. But, you know, it's a journey. I don't have to figure it out right now. I don't have to know anything right now. And I don't have a deadline on it. But people that I've talked to, I've come into community with more lesbians, more trans and non-binary lesbians in more recent years. And they've been a really welcoming community. And I'm really happy that I have that. I'm really happy that I'm able to explore that and have that community to turn to when I'm questioning things or I just want to vent or just talk. I've been really blessed to have that. It's made me really happy in that regard. You are absolutely right. There is no need to figure this out right now. You have all the time in the world to just figure it out at your own pace. I think figuring it out has to do with seeing what works, feeling how you feel. Like, how do I feel with this person or with these people? Like, how do I, what's my attraction level? It really is just taking it step by step and giving yourself the space to feel. Because I think the moment you can do that, you get more clarity. You also don't have to be tied to any one label, really, right? Let's be honest. Like, sometimes attraction can be about a person more than a gender. So I think you gave the best advice that you need to take for yourself, which is you have to give yourself time and not rush yourself. There is no rush. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. You really got in there and I appreciate it. (laughs) Because (laughs) as we know... And some of our preliminary calls, you tried to be in your shell, and I told you I wasn't going for it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, not coming out of her shell, and I was like, girl, you're coming out for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nicole, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, where can people find you online? I want my listeners to follow you just to keep tabs on what you're doing, all of the projects you're working on. You are putting out some amazing content on Twitter and on Instagram. Tell us where to find you. Give us your handles so that the listeners can follow you. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch 
I stream video games on Twitch. I'm trying oh, to be like more um active on that platform. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Iconic Beauty. That's I C O N I C K B E A U T Y. And you can find me on Twitch at the Iconic One. That's T H E I C O N I C K O N E. I guess I'm the most active on Twitter. I don't really use Instagram unless I'm like looking at people's stories or like maybe posting the occasional look. Oh my god, it's been a while. But um <laughs> but um I'm starting to stream on Twitch and I'm trying to produce more makeup content for you guys on Twitter and Instagram. And that's where you can find me. Wonderful. So please, if you are so inclined, and you should be, please follow Nicole online. Make sure you give her some love and make sure you um, like and comment and just throw all the attention over to her because she is amazing. Nicole, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for being so open and for sharing so much with me. Despite the fact that you tried to not go there with me, you actually did go there with me. So I... So I want to thank you for being open enough to do that. It was such a beautiful conversation to have. And I really appreciate your openness of heart to really share some very difficult things with us. It's really important that people hear these stories because you're not the only one struggling with some of the things you're struggling with. And you might be helping someone who also has questions. Thank you for just coming here with an open heart. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to us today. Please make sure to stay tuned for more amazing content and we will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Transition of Style. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our show page at transitionofstyle.com for more information and follow us to share in the conversation on Instagram at transitionofstyle.com.